Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, that's my mom. And Glenn Leverins. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. <laughs> On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you on this Thursday morning uh, here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Today is the first day of the week of prayer for Christian unity. This octave culminates next Thursday on January 25th, which is the feast of the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle. Our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, will be with us to discuss uh, this annual week of prayer for Christian unity uh, coming up in hour number two this morning at 738 Central. As always, you can send us an email directly with whatever you have on your mind. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. On Thursdays, I always take a, a brief moment uh, to uh, remind you that it was on a Thursday that our Lord Jesus Christ instituted the Holy Eucharist. Uh, during uh, this Eucharistic revival that our bishops have called for, try to visit the Blessed Sacrament sometime today if you get a chance. It doesn't have to be a long visit. Just a quick little visit and say thank you, Jesus. I want to remind you that the March for Life in Washington, D.C. is taking place tomorrow. And once again this year, Relevant Radio is inviting you to Fast for Life in solidarity with the marchers. Take an active part in the march from your home or office by praying and fasting for the protection of the unborn. And just how are people participating this year? Well, Kathleen from Wyndham, Maine, wrote in and said uh, a traditional fast plus uh, attending adoration both morning and evening while striving to pray a memorari every hour for life. Jeff from St. Louis, Missouri, wrote, we're trying to do the fast we do in Lent. Great ideas save Almighty God's children. Denise from uh, Waikaluko, Hawaii, wrote, fasting for meat, alcohol, and late-night eating. And uh, from uh, the other side of the world, from down under, uh, Lee from Australia uh, wrote in, Lee is going to do a traditional fast on January the 19th. So you two uh, can tell us how you'll be participating uh, tomorrow at relevantradio.com slash fast. That's relevantradio.com slash fast. And uh, make sure that uh, you share the hashtag fast for life on your social media. I want to bring in uh, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, uh, good morning. What are some of the stories making headlines on this Thursday morning? Well, you know, traditionally on the old local TV newscast, you got news, weather, and sports. But once again, the the weather is the news here in the heart of winter. Over 100 million Americans could get a fresh blanket of snow before the weekend. Back-to-back storms giving us at least three inches across some 18 states in the northern tier of states. Delays at airports, on highways as well. The second storm could dump more snow on the Midwest and those below zero temps again uh, throughout the, the Midwest. That Arctic cold could stretch to parts of the, the deep south, freezing temps for the Florida panhandle as well. All of that leading to difficult times for 
John Morales getting his car going in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Uh, lots of scraping and wiping off the snow. You know, I was meditating on that. Uh, I think for those of us uh, in uh, cold weather climates, uh, it's uh, it's a little bit uh, of, a, of, a, of a penance, uh, a little bit of humility to be out there, you know, scraping off the snow. But I think uh, it's probably good for one's character. Well, you know, how misleading. A blanket of snow. Now, I think of very warm things when I think think of a blanket and this snow is snow is not warm come on we need to come up with a new phrase a blanket of so hey glenn you know what i i did see some images yesterday that caught my attention uh, in washington dc that they don't get as much snow typically as uh, here in the midwest uh but uh the uh, young people were having a blast just uh, firing snowballs at each other and running around and and sliding in fact some kids were even sliding down the actual capitol hill apparently it's a great place to go to a um you know a sledding oh yeah you got to have fun with it, if possible. I mean, there are sympathies for those who have to work out in this weather, waiting outside for public transportation and uh, spending a lot of time outside. Please, of course, be careful. But, you know, there is hope, right? We have hope because Jesus died on the cross for us. But we, we have hope because the days are getting longer. And next week is the average coldest week of the year. So make it through next week on average, the days will start getting warmer. So there's hope. There's hope coming up. There's always hope. And, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about the snow, but out in the Pacific uh, Northwest, out in the, in Oregon and Washington, they're also dealing with uh, a one-two uh, punch uh, in terms of, of uh, storms, but they're getting freezing rain. And, uh, you know, when, when rain, uh, you know, freezes, that can be super, super dangerous. Yeah, at least if, you know, if it's snow, you can kind of play with it. But uh, the, uh, yeah, the icy conditions, very dangerous on the roadways. So Get your ice skates out just to walk to work, maybe. Just uh, skate along the sidewalks there with that icy rain. You never know what you're going to encounter out in the wintry conditions all across America. Well, I still remember one day in junior high, you know, the, the power went out because there was an ice storm. It, you know, knocked down some power lines and we got out of school. So we had, you know, the 20 minutes to walk home and that was the the most fun walk ever because everything was ice <laughs> and you know when you're you're like 13 that's the best but, uh, I was, elsewhere I was joking oh, with with yeah. with uh, uh, drew yesterday that I, I so I feel so old-fashioned because I still use my totes you know to, to cover my uh, my shoes uh, in, in in snowy weather and you know they might be out of style but those things actually work now you know but I mean it, it Keeps going below zero. You can need some big boots, John. Oh, know. I have those ready to go, just as needed. But you know, unless you have a lot of snow, it's not really that needed. And <laughs> get by no. with the totes. No, no. You know, you brought back a memory from my old radio sales days. You know, once in a while, if it was just raining like crazy, you'd have to cover up your good shoes with that. But uh, yeah, hadn't hadn't thought of that in a long time. So we we appreciate you helping us revisit the old days from time to time there, John. Sarah's absolutely. too young for, for that. No, I don't know anything about any totes, but I do, I'm like Mr. Rogers, I was telling one of the other producers, I said, I come in with boots and I take them off and toss them to the other hand and then put on the shoes that I keep here in the office so that I'm not tracking snow around. So I, I throw back oh. to my own uh, there with uh, Mr. Rogers. That's what I, I don't change sweaters. I should bring another jacket and change. <laughs> then I just have the whole thing and then zip it. Up and then a little down and, you know, but maybe later. We're, we're glad you're our neighbor, though, Sarah. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Hey, the, up in, the up other, in, uh, I was gonna, up in Maine. I was yeah, just about was, to say the other interesting story, Glenn. Yeah, a judge in Maine now. He's staying a decision on whether former President Trump should be allowed on that state's ballot. I mean, in a few states, uh, 
that have uh, tried to keep uh, Trump off the ballot, including Colorado. Last month, the Secretary of State disqualified Trump under the 14th Amendment. Wednesday's ruling from Maine Superior Court Justice Michaela Murphy said a final decision should be kept on hold till the Supreme Court, that's the U.S. Supreme Court, makes a ruling on that case from Colorado. The the court will hear arguments on the Colorado case February 8th. Maine is set to hold its Republican primary on March 5th, and so we should know more here maybe three, four weeks from now. But uh, in the meantime, he'll be able to to be on the ballot. And uh, meanwhile, people keep working for those votes up in New Hampshire. Uh, The primary coming up Tuesday, latest poll out yesterday now, uh, shows the former president pulling away a little bit. There have been one a few days before that showed it more neck and neck between uh, Trump and Haley with uh, DeSantis a distant third. Uh, He didn't campaign as hard there as he did in Iowa. But, uh, yeah, things continue to roll on for a few more days, John. And, uh, Glenn, according to uh, constitutional scholars, uh, they're hoping uh, that the Supreme Court uh, rules in a unanimous uh, decision uh, on this case uh, because uh, uh, otherwise it's just going to cause more partisan division. Uh, You know, I I think a lot of people feel that it's uh, outrageous that four unelected judges uh, could uh, be going up against the will of the people. Uh, The the people, obviously, as we just saw in Iowa, they want to vote for Trump. So, uh, We'll we'll see how uh, that decision comes down on February eighth. Yeah, I was uh, interviewing a guy yesterday. We were talking about that as well, and the idea that uh, you know he's not been uh, convicted, you know, of a straight up uh, you know case on insurrection. That would be different if that was on his record, as opposed to just trying to say that was the case, and there, therefore he can't be. Uh, you know, on the ballot, as opposed to if he'd already been charged with that and and found guilty of that, that would be that would be a whole lot different and a whole lot more simple. You, know? you sound uh, like a legal eagle, there, Glenn. Oh, well, you know, I've I've used to watch Law and Order back <laughs> in the old days. I love it. All right, it's Thursday. It means it's time for yet another edition of What's That Sound? Here we are, another Thursday, another What's That Sound. We got three clips ready to go in the can here. Fellas, are you ready to play the game? Mm-hmm. As ready as can be. Okay, that's a good answer. Uh, John, you're first. Let's see if you can figure out what's this sound. Uh, that is a zipper on a jacket. Uh, yeah, it could be zipper on one of many things. I, I like the going with the jacket. That sounds uh, much more uh, appropriate. So let's you got to make sure you don't get your scarf uh, caught in the zipper. That's awful. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of tanglements. You know, little kids, they always want their jacket zipped. They need a zip going. And then, you know, when it gets stuck, then you really got to pry it out of the teeth there. It's not fun. I'll tell you what's funny. My wife, her zipper sometimes gets stuck on her winter coat and literally stuck. She's stuck in it. She can't get out of her coat. And I'm sitting there trying to <laughs> Pull it over her head. It's it's a wild scene. That's, that's a, that, it's a, I'm imagining that, and it, it seems like it would be fun. So. It's like something out of the Lucy show. <laughs> we, well, we imagine that quite a lot there at the Morales household, John. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. Well, very good. Okay, here we go, Glenn. On to you. Let's see if you can figure out this sound. Oh, bother. <laughs> a little bit of frosty there. Mm. No, not no. frosty. Okay. Uh, let's do it one more time. Let's see if you can figure it out. Oh, bother. Oh, it's one of those cartoons. It is a cartoon. Okay. John, any ideas? I am 
Speechless and clueless. Oh my gosh. Come on, guys. Boo. You don't know. That was Winnie the Pooh, guys. Come on. Oh. It's his catchphrase. Oh, bother. And you know what? If there you listen to Father Simon, you might have been confused and thought that that was Father Simon because often uh, the producer <laughs> would play that for him. But no, that's not Father Simon. <laughs> that's Winnie the Pooh. And today, actually, strangely enough, is um, if there ever was a thing, a National Winnie the Pooh Day. So uh, happy. Winnie the Pooh day to everyone out there. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. <laughs> a day for everything. And, you know, uh, he's, uh, if you're considering when his, the book series first came out by A.A. Milne, 58 years old, this this bear. And, you know, he looks great and actually named after a real bear that uh, inspired um, the author to write those stories. So very good. Okay. Well, that's okay. Let's see. We got one more. Let's see if you guys can figure this one out. This is from a movie, so I'll accept the name of uh, the actor or the movie, whichever you know. Okay, here we go. You have a date, my beloved, July the 1st at 5 o'clock. How about the top of the Empire State Building? The 102nd floor. And don't forget to take the elevator. <laughs> mm, anybody seen this romantic comedy? Well, sort of not a romantic comedy, but just a romantic movie. Oh, it's it's an old classic, though. Yes, right? it it's is. The, yeah, the original one. Oh, what's it called, though? It's yeah. not King Kong. It's not King Kong. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. He was making a date with Fay Ray. There. No, yeah. no. Put an X on that. No. Anybody remember this one? Mm-hmm. Somebody out there knows. Somebody listening right now is. Oh yeah. Like, Come on, guys. Yep. Yep. We'll we'll be punching ourselves. Okay. I'll 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 let you know. It's Cary Grant. And it's from the movie An Affair to Remember. So this is a movie where him and uh, uh, Deborah Carr, they fall in love and they say, hey, if everything goes, we'll meet at this time, at this date, this place. And on their way there, Deborah Carr gets into a, a car accident and can't make it up the stairs. So he thinks he does, she doesn't love him. And many years later, they reunite and find out what happened. Uh, a wonderful movie, very uh, sad, but very good at the end as well. So... Man, you guys, you haven't seen that one? Well, we were busy looking for Winnie the Pooh. I guess that we was, seen that. I was <laughs> busy that watching was King Kong. Okay, well, today's Cary Grant's birthday, actually. He would have been 120, so I'm glad he, you know, that's kind of a long streak. But uh, so I thought, well, I'll try to find a quote from him. And, you know, he's got so many movies, it's hard to narrow it down. And I thought, well, this one might be recognizable. Maybe just his voice would be recognizable. But I guess you guys were not Cary Grant fans. That's okay. Listeners out there, I'm sure, knew who that was. And uh, you know, we'll just play like, again next hour. Like Patrick Madrid, you know, <laughs> no, I was probably reading the Bible. Yeah, we were, John and I were watching. We were watching football you know hey. <laughs> that could have been it well that's okay hey you guys did a great job you got the first one you know what a zipper sounds like let's see if you know what the sounds are next hour so All hang right. in there more to come next hour as always thanks so much uh, sarah and glenn first things first we start every morning as we always do in prayer giving thanks to our lord for all the many blessings. And we always pray through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, the Mother of God, who's also the Queen of Peace, as we continue to pray for peace in the world, peace, especially in the Middle East and Ukraine, peace in our nation, peace in our church, and peace in our families. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, 
come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our power scripture from the playbook of life this morning is from Jeremiah 29, 13. The Old Testament prophet says, You shall seek me and shall find me when you shall seek me with all your heart. This is what true devotion to our Lord Jesus Christ really is all about. It's about giving Jesus the Lord your entire heart, not just going through the motions with a half-hearted effort. It's about seeking Christ with everything you have, making Jesus the Lord number one, and then everything else falls into place. And we always pray with great confidence from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a a short break. When we come back, uh, popular Catholic speaker and parish mission leader Gary Zimmick will be with us to talk about the power of faith. So stay with us. There's uh, much more to come on this Thursday edition of Morning Air. We are just warming up here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Levins. Your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. An oldie but goodie. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program, is 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. That's 888-914-9149. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5-7, the Apostle St. Paul uh, says, We walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, Do you ever feel like God is not answering your prayers? You might be familiar with the following gospel verse from Mark 3-5. Looking around at them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. And those are the words of our Lord Jesus. Perhaps uh, we need to uh, check our faith levels and also uh, need to continue to grow in our faith. And in fact, that's going to be what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, joining us live from New Jersey's longtime Morning Era contributor, Gary Zimmick, uh, to remind us about the power of faith. Gary Zimmick is an author of the best-selling book, Give Up or Worry for Lent. He speaks frequently at parishes and conferences all across the United States. You can sign up for his daily email reflections, uh, see his speaking schedule, or arrange to bring him to your parish by visiting his website, followingthetruth.com. Good morning, Brother Gary. Thanks so much for joining us. It's it's uh, great to be with you for the first time here in the new year. Yeah, that's right, Brother John. So great to be with you, too. And I, I, it's always a blessing when you have me on. So thank you so much. Well, Gary, I was uh, I was chatting with uh, Sarah here on the other side of the glass. And, uh, you know, Lent is literally right around the corner uh, coming up. Uh, Ash Wednesday is on February 14th with, I believe that's Valentine's Day. That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. So I'm geared up, John, you know, because of uh, my give up worry for Lent movement. This is my busy time getting ready to launch out and lead parish missions around the country. Can I, can I just say one thing, though? Oddly enough, I, I still have one opening for Lent. So if any parish at the last minute is looking to bring in a speaker 
or you have a cancellation or something, I, I'm ready. So the, I think the Lord is allowing me to have this opening for some reason. So I'm available. Just contact me at followingthetruth.com. Well, there's probably some uh, director of religious education out there across America that is uh, listening to us here this morning. So, hey, uh, invite Gary. Uh, he does a fantastic job like he does here on the, on the show. Um, Gary, uh, can you uh, share the story a little bit further about the man with a withered hand that we just yeah. heard uh, from uh, the Gospel of Mark? You know, you know, John, I heard this at Mass the other day, and it, it just touched me because— here we have a man with a withered, a shriveled up hand, and he goes up to Jesus. And of course, we got this subplot with the Pharisees ready to accuse Jesus of healing on the Sabbath, you know. Um, but, but the story, the, the, the thing that really touched me is we have a man whose hand is unable to be used. It's withered. It's shriveled. He goes up to Jesus. And what does Jesus say to him? Stretch out your hand. Well, a guy with a withered hand, he can't stretch it out because it's withered. That's the point. But Jesus commanded him to do that. And what happened? The man did it. He was healed in the process of obeying Jesus' call to do technically the impossible. John, that's faith. That's an example of faith. And it had called to mind for me the 10 lepers who Jesus approached and they, he told them, before they were healed, this is a great story, he told them, go show yourselves to the priests to verify your healing, and they did. And the gospel tells us on the way they were healed. So again, an example of walking by faith, of obeying the Lord, of believing, even though the evidence doesn't appear to be there, that he can do what he says he will do. Such a great reminder for us to uh, as we look at our intentions, as we are praying and praying and praying, we don't see anything. Do we, are we prepared to continue on in faith, believing that the, the Lord will answer in the right way and it, it, at the right time? That's not easy, but that's exactly how we exercise our faith. That's how we walk by faith and not by sight. Gary, I love that you um, mentioned uh, that uh, scripture once again. It's one of my favorites uh, because it really uh, it, it is a never-ending reminder of the importance of faith, uh, especially when you don't know what's going to happen. And oftentimes, you know, we pray for things, and it, it seems like God is not answering our prayers. But that doesn't mean that that uh, Jesus isn't listening. Exactly, and and you know, John, I come on the air with you. I'm always grateful to be on. And I share these thoughts uh, on a regular basis on your program. But everything I talk about is something that I'm going through. I struggle with this. It's hard for me. And as a matter of fact, right now, I'm in the midst of praying for something and I'm not seeing the evidence, but I'm believing. I'm, I'm really holding on to my faith and believing that hey, the Lord can do this. And just because I can't see the results doesn't mean he's not listening. It means that he's trying to help increase my faith because he wants us to know him and to love him and to serve him by faith. And that's not easy for somebody who, like me who likes to see the evidence. So that's why we're given the gift of faith when we're baptized. And, and the Lord expects us to use it. And believe me, I struggle with this, but I'm thankful for the faith that allows me to keep going 
even when I don't feel anything. We only have Gary for just a, a few more minutes. I want to open up our phone lines and invite our listeners. If you want to be part of our conversation on the power of faith, uh, this gift of faith, if you want to maybe share a miracle moment that you've experienced uh, uh, where you kept the faith and God actually answered your prayers, we'd love to hear from you. We're taking your calls for a long time. Morning Air contributor, a Catholic speaker, and author Gary Zimmick on our toll-free line, 888 is the number if you want to jump in, uh, 888-914-9149. Gary, uh, can you talk about uh, the relationship between uh, faith and prayer? Yeah, obviously there is one, John, because so many times when the Lord heals somebody, he says, your faith has healed you. You And that's powerful. That's something to really keep in mind, that there is obviously a relationship between faith and, and, and prayer. The more faith we have, the greater, I believe, we can expect, um, uh, the greater results we can expect from our prayers. That does not mean, however, sometimes we get into trouble with this, that if I'm not getting what I want, it doesn't mean that my faith is weak or that I'm not praying hard enough. What it, what it often means is that it's not the right time or it's not the right thing to be asking for. So faith is, there is a relationship between faith and prayer, but we know that we're not always going to get what we want. We are going to get what we need. No doubt about it. And sometimes the good Lord, uh, he is hearing our prayer, but he's saying, he's not saying no. He's saying not now, right? Maybe you need to wait a little longer. Yeah, that's that's my least favorite answer, John. I, I can deal well with no, but the wait, I have a hard time with waiting, but that's how he stretches us. And, and in the end, that's really good for us because he's teaching us to, he knows that, Sometimes if he gives somebody like me what I want, maybe I'm not going to pray as hard anymore. Maybe I'll just say, all right, I got, I can take a few days off because I got what I want. And the Lord wants to help me. He wants to help me to have this conversation with, with me more than anything else with him. He wants a relationship with me. And, but sometimes by saying wait or making me wait a little bit, he knows that he's going to help me grow closer to him because I'm spending time with him in prayer. So as much as I don't like the answer of wait, I've learned to recognize that it's very valuable and it's an important way that the Lord helps us to grow in faith. Well, Gary, there's a, there's a number of, of verses. There's literally hundreds of verses uh, in Scripture that have to do uh, with, with faith. Uh, one of my other favorites is from Hebrews 11.1 uh, that says, uh, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. How do we know if we really have that type of faith? Great question, John. Here, here's the thing, and, and this is important. When we are baptized, we receive faith. So faith is a gift given to us when, we, when we're baptized. So if you've been baptized, you have faith. Now, our faith might not be as strong as it could be, but we know that we have it. We receive it at bapti- baptism. We know we have faith. And one of the practical ways I like to look at it, a proof, if you will, that I have, that I'm exercising my faith, is to ask myself the question, am I praying for what I need? Obviously, if I am praying to God, I have faith that he can help me. So the mere act of praying is a proof that our faith is existed and that we are exercising it. Well, uh, this morning, uh, John is uh, joining us uh, from uh, the city of brotherly love from Philadelphia. John, uh, good morning. Welcome to Morning Air. You're on with Gary Zimmick. 
gentlemen. Good morning, Gary. Thank you very much. I've been following you for years. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm reminded about uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She gets these wonderful girls, okay, and they have a sign in the chapel, okay, that before they go out to work in the streets to help the poorest of the poor, the sign reads, uh, find a quiet place. The fruit of quiet is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. So you wonder why you lost your faith? When we stop praying, stop going to church, we lost our faith. The fruit of faith is hope. The fruit of hope is love. And then you can love yourself. And until you can love yourself, you can't love others. And then the fruit of love is joy. Okay, so when you help others, there's a joy, and it's that acronym, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and then you. And when you put it in that order, you're joyful, happy, your faith returns. It's a beautiful thing for, you know, for God in, uh, in 2024. So just that thought for you. John, thank you so much. I appreciate your kind words, and you brought up a great point. It all begins with prayer. It all flows from prayer. You know, I tell people, I tell people all the time, I pray even though I don't feel like it. There's days that I don't feel like praying, but I do it anyway. Why? Out of love. I can't say I love God if I'm not willing to put in the effort, and it always bears some kind of fruit when I pray. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, John. Uh, great point uh, from uh, one of our uh, favorite saints, uh, Mother Teresa. You know, our very own Father Rocky has a saying, uh, the more you pray, the better things uh, go. In fact, it's on our, our relevant radio uh, coffee mug from a few pledge drives back that uh, I have sitting in my kitchen. And it's a reminder that, uh, you know, we need to pray. Is there anything else that we can do uh, to increase our faith, uh, Gary? John, the main thing is to pray, to ask the Lord for an increase in faith, and then to exercise that faith, to pray. If you need something, if you need a miracle, bring it to the Lord. And that's how our faith grows, by trusting Him, by giving Him a chance to give us the miracle or that thing we need in our life. I, uh, I always uh, think of the mustard seed, you know, Jesus saying, yeah. if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can literally uh, tell the mountain to move. Exactly. And that's what happened when the apostles went to Jesus in the gospel and said, increase our faith. He said exactly that. In other words, use the little mustard seed faith that you have. If you do that, you can move mountains. So we we need to use whatever faith we have. And by doing that, John, it grows. Gary, uh, final thoughts uh, on uh, faith and uh, maybe the relationship between faith and trust. I know one of your all-time favorite uh, scriptures is from Proverbs uh, 3, 5. Everybody listening today is struggling, is desperate, is asking for something, is beginning to lose hope. And I would just say, keep praying. Fall back on your faith. Keep praying whether you feel anything, whether you see anything, and believe that the Lord can handle your problem, and he will answer in the right way at the right time. Whatever you do, don't stop praying. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your insight in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Gary, as always, fascinating uh, conversation. We could spend an hour talking about just faith, and I and I hope that somebody out there uh, invites you to that uh, final opens uh, slot that you have for your Give Up Worry for Lent uh, missions. 
Thank you so much, John. Always a pleasure to be on with you. Keep up the great work, brother. Thanks so much, uh, brother Gary. Gary Zimmick, longtime Morning Air a contributor, uh, the author of best-selling book, Give Up Worry for Lent. And, uh, of course, uh, for much more, you, you can go to followingthetruth.com. We need to take a short pause. When we come back on the other side, uh, Father John Gordon, the Secretary for Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Newark, will be uh, with us to discuss how to share our faith at work without saying a single word. Stay with us as Morning Air continues on this Thursday here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. I'm so glad that you can join us once again here on this Thursday morning to look at life through a spiritual perspective, which is what we try to do every single day. You can always send us an email directly if you have any thoughts or story ideas, whatever might be on your mind that you want to share with us. Uh, it's morningair at relevantradio.com. You can also find us on social media on X, formerly Twitter. Our handle is at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. Our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program uh, this morning, 888-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, 888-914-9149. Now, Pope St. John Paul II, uh, my hero, once said, it is not enough to know Christ, we must introduce him to others. The question this morning is, how do we share our faith? How do we introduce Christ to others in the workplace? Have you ever uh, felt uh, a little ashamed of your uh, faith at work, uh, a little gun-shy? Uh, maybe sometimes uh, there might be a situation uh, where you, you are thinking twice about really being yourself uh, and expressing uh, your Catholic faith, especially at work. Joining us live uh, this morning is our spiritual director, Father John Gordon, for much more on how to share our faith at work without saying a word or being too pushy. Father uh, Gordon is uh, the Secretary for Evangelization for the Archdiocese of uh, Newark, as well as a longtime Relevant Radio and Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Gordon. Thanks so much for joining us. It is uh, great to be with you once again here still early in the new year. I can still say Happy New Year, Father. Yes, John. Good morning to you. Good morning to all of Relevant Radio. It is Happy New Year. Um, I even keep my nativity set up until the feast of the presentation, so it's still Christmas in a certain sense as well. And uh, I'm just so glad to be able to uh, be with you this morning and to reflect a little bit about this idea that Pope St. John Paul II proposes. Of course, it's to introduce people to Jesus. Um, I think of St. Andrew, for example. Uh, we heard about the other day at Mass, you know, who always brought people to Jesus. He brought his brother Peter to Jesus. He brought the Greek-speaking Jews to Jesus. He was just a great model for us about helping people come to meet Jesus. And I think that uh, all the ways that we can do that, uh, some are much more subtle than others. All of them appropriate to our own abilities and environments and circumstances is a great thing to do. 
especially if we're mindful of it, like, this is what I want to do today. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. I'm not sure with who I'm going to do it or where I'm going to do it. But somehow I'd like to have somebody hear me talk about Jesus today. Well, Father Gordon, I find this a topic of, uh, you know, keeping the faith, sharing the faith uh, at, at work, uh, fascinating. You know, b- back in my secular TV days uh, in D- Detroit when I was at Fox 2, um, I did sports, but I also used to volunteer to go out and, and, and interview Cardinal Maida and, and cover, you know, faith-related topics. And that's sort of how I ended up getting involved in Catholic radio. But I remember that, you know, coworkers who were not Catholic would come up to me and ask me questions about, you know, Ash Wednesday and uh, all different things. And it was always an opportunity to share the faith, in, you know, in a very uh, low-key kind of way uh, without, uh, you know, being uh, too uh, overly over the top. Uh, and yet, you know, it's, it's very uh, quiet evangelization in a very secular place. Absolutely. And I think there's two ways in which we do that. You know, uh, first of all, I think we need to pray uh, for and about our co-workers. Uh, there's an expression to talk to God about your friend before you talk to your friend about God. And there's just something very valuable uh, to uh, bring your workplace environment into prayer, to just say, ask the Lord to bless it, to bless the people, uh, to bless the, the company you're working for, if that's the kind of work you're doing. Um, you would do the same thing if you were a teacher or a student in school, uh, praying for your classmates and for your students. And that's just a very good, uh, as, as a priest, we pray for our parishioners, uh, all that you pray for your listeners, all the various ways in which we kind of bring that to prayer. And then there's uh, two other things. We either get a sense from the Lord, I should, I should initiate a conversation. I should not be afraid to say something to them. Maybe they're having a hard time. Maybe they are uh, uh, opened up somewhere. But the other one is to just model something that's attractive to be the kind of person that looks like we've got our life together to a certain extent. We have peace in our hearts, and people will want that. And I think, too, the other part of the, co- of the work environment, as, as you probably know, uh, John, especially from your secular days, um, sometimes you have to take a little good-natured teasing about your faith, you know, uh, and the like. And, and that's, that's, it's not necessarily evil. It's just how people relate to one another. But you also realize that the persons then sometimes come to you a little bit more privately and say, hey, could you pray for my uncle? Could you pray for my kid? Because they know that we're persons of faith. And so even in the midst of the teasing, it somehow gets out there, you're a Christian and you're not afraid to acknowledge your faith in the Lord. And that's just a, very attractive to people. They might not be able to, you know, like in the gospel, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. Sometimes people will come to us in an environment where it's not going to be so noticeable that they're looking for something and that we can help them find that. Father Gordon, how do we find a balance uh, between being a professional but also sharing our faith and caring about others? Uh, I, I think it, it can be a, a challenging balance uh, for any one of us who is uh, sincere and, you know, have fervor about our Catholic faith. That's right. And I think part of the challenge is that uh, the notion that to be professional uh, and to be a Christian are sometimes antithetical to one another, uh, that to share our faith is an unprofessional kind of thing. At the same time, uh, in the professional environment, we share all sorts of things. People know that we have a spouse or that we have kids. Those are personal things, but they are talked about in the professional world uh, in, in, in an appropriate manner. Uh, one place, one environment, one motion, one moment, is especially, I think, when we have a chance to do this, 
is, is Monday morning. <laughs> Monday morning to me is a very significant moment of evangelization because almost everybody begins Monday when they see their colleagues at work and they say, how was your weekend? And if you went to church, if you heard the gospel, if you prayed, if you were maybe at some kind of a evangelistic or spiritual event, or you had a, whatever it might be, say that. Oh, we went to mass last Sunday, yesterday. It was the priest was magnificent, or we heard this great song, this kid sang, it was the whole place cheered, or whatever it might be. Some little things that we can say. We're not talking about religion, we're talking about our weekends. <laughs> and I think that there's a great opportunity for people to realize, oh, that's important to you. Because when you talk about your weekend, you talk about whatever was important to you. I went to my son's baseball game, my, grand, my granddaughter's basketball game, whatever it might be. But if I'm going to talk about the opportunity I had to pray or to worship or to be part of a, a commu Christian community in some way, and I bring that up, that is very, very uh, a great opportunity to just plant a seed. You're not telling anybody what they should do. They ask how your weekend was. You're telling them. Very, very simple. Want to open up our phone lines uh, if you want to be part of our conversation on uh, sharing our faith at work. Uh, do your coworkers know that you are even Catholic? Uh, do you ever share your Catholic faith at work? I uh, would love uh, to hear your take. We're sh uh, taking your calls uh, for Father John Gordon at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Father, we were talking about the power of, of faith uh, uh, with Gary Zimmick uh, just uh, before you came on. And, uh, you know, I, this might be actually uh, related to that broader conversation, but I think the Holy Spirit is, is intervening here. We want to bring in uh, uh, Pam into the uh, conversation. Uh, Pam is joining us uh, from Rhode Island. Good morning, uh, Pam. Uh, welcome uh, to the show you're on uh, with uh, Father Gordon. Good morning, Father Gordon. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, I did hang up, but I called back because I thought I was on the wrong segment. But um, I wanted to share a story of um, perseverance and prayer um, and God working on me, as always. Um, I think you said it before with, um, you know, like anything when you're going through struggles and you're praying, it's not happening. But anyhow, I was in a situation of uh, an apartment where I had a lifetime lease, and my landlord... Um, wanted to get rid of me because she wanted to raise the rent and stuff, and I couldn't afford it. And um, I was on the third floor also, and from, uh, you know, uh, medical reasons, I really needed to get something on the first floor. So um, I was trying to get into low income, and it took me three, almost three years um, of daily prayer, like all day long. I actually put up a poster in my dining room that I walked by, uh, like, probably 20 times a day easily that had a little girl on it that says, expect a miracle. And every time I walked by, I said, God, I, I am expecting a miracle. I told him exactly what I wanted in an apartment. Like I would love to have hardwood floors and, you know, large enough that I could have my family still and everything. And as I said, I saw, came and I saw apartments and some of them were so small and they were claustrophobic and I, I am very claustrophobic. I couldn't do those. So <clears throat> things were getting worse um, with my landlord, and I, as I said, almost three years, I got a call from the building I was trying to get into, and they told me to come see an apartment. And I was so stressed out that I said, I can't do it now. And they basically said, you really need to come look at it. So I prayed to God that when I saw the apartment, that he would let me know one way or the other if I had to leave now because I wasn't really ready. And when they opened the apartment, 
I looked in, and it was like a 30-foot-long room, which is huge for a low-income apartment. Hardwood floors. Hardwood floors everywhere except in the bathroom. Everything that I asked for was a first-floor apartment, literally like 25 feet from the front door. Walk by the mailboxes as you go by. And I had family and friends for those for actually longer than that um, telling me you need to get out of that place because she wanted me to either fall and end up in a nursing home for the rest of my life or die, and she actually wrote that on paper. And when I saw this apartment, I literally, like, was in tears and knew that it was an answer to my prayer and that I definitely had to move at that point. Father Gordon, your your thoughts on this uh, perseverance in prayer? Yes, yes, Pam, that's a beautiful story about perseverance and even about your friends and family encouraging you uh, to make the move that you need to make. You know, it is discouraging when people who we rely on to see somehow helpful for us, such as a landlord, to kind of turn against us. That's very, very challenging. But, you know, the other piece of it, too, is just, you know, God has a plan. And sometimes uh, the plan isn't as we want it to be, but ultimately it's better than what we had. And so other part, places you saw that you might have been tempted to say yes to um, were not as good. And this was exactly everything you had hoped for. And I want to encourage uh, you, Pam, and all our listeners to uh, persevere uh, in prayer, uh, whether it be for an apartment or for a coworker or for any situation that we find ourselves in. God is very, very faithful. He wants us to be happy. I think people think that God uh, isn't interested in our happiness, but he's terribly interested in our happiness, our eternal happiness, our eternal joy. And so, uh, but at the same time, he allows bad things to happen. He allows evil to kind of have its way around us to a certain extent. And we have to be faithful and persevere and then trust, Lord, may my suffering here be a benefit for me, and may it benefit somebody else I don't even know about, and I'll meet them when I get to heaven. Father Gordon, back uh, to the original question. How can we share our faith at work without really saying a single word? Well, I think, too, that's just uh, the matter of our conduct. You know, Pope St. Paul VI, in his uh, apostolic exhortation on evangelization, said the Church needs uh, models more than it needs the world looks for models more than looks for teachers. And every pope has subsequently affirmed that. Uh, so if we kind of go about and just compl- proclaiming Jesus, 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 it's going to tend to fall on deaf ears. But if we're the kind of person that has time for other people, greets other people, knows the names of people who uh, maybe service your, your office space, um, the kind of people that say, oh, there's a, there's a quality to that person, or there's a joy to that person, or there's a peacefulness to that person, it's going to be very naturally attractive. And people are, people are naturally attracted to goodness, truth, and beauty. And we exhibit those in some fashion in our lives. We'll just establish friendships. And the other thing I think that we can do is if we can find at least one other brother or sister in the Lord, they may be a Catholic, they might not be a Catholic, but a Christian, that you can pray together about the workplace and begin to strategize how can, we, how can the culture of this place, how can the culture of this place be more open to the faith? That would be another wonderful way to not just be passive, but to look past it, but to be actually uh, in the forefront of the spiritual battle. Great suggestions. People are attracted to joy, and let's not forget about the power of a smile. Father Gordon, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate your spiritual direction. 
My privilege, John. God bless you, John. God bless your relevant radio. Many blessings to you. Father John Gordon, Secretary for Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Newark. And it's now time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called The Lunch Bag. It was Molly's job to hand her father his brown paper lunch bag each morning before he headed off to work. One morning, in addition to his usual lunch bag, Molly handed him a second paper bag. This one was worn and held together with duct tape, staples, and paper clips. Why two bags? Mr. Fulgham asked. Well, the other is something else, Molly answered. What's in it? Oh, just some stuff. Take it with you. Not wanting to hold court over the matter, Fulgham stuffed both sacks into his briefcase, kissed Molly, and rushed off. At midday, while hurriedly scarfing down his real lunch, he tore open Molly's bag and shook out the contents. Two hair ribbons, three small stones, a plastic dinosaur, a pencil stub, a tiny seashell, two animal crackers, a marble, a used lipstick, a small doll, two chocolate kisses, and 13 pennies. Fulgham smiled, finished eating, and swept the desk clean into the wastebaskets. Leftover lunch, Molly's junk and all. That evening, Molly ran up behind him as he read the paper. Where's my bag? Uh, what bag? You know the one I gave you this morning? I left it at the office. Why? I forgot to put this note in it, she said. And besides, those are my things in the sack, Daddy. The ones I really like. I thought you might like to play with them, but now I want them back. You didn't lose the bag, did you, Daddy? Oh, no, he said, lying. I just forgot to bring it home. I'll bring it tomorrow. While Molly hugged her father's neck, he unfolded the notes that had not made it into the sack. It read, I love you, Daddy. Molly had given him her treasures, all that a seven-year-old held dear. Love in a paper sack. And he missed it. Not only missed it, he'd thrown it in the wastebasket. So he went back to the office, just ahead of the night janitor, picked up the wastebasket and poured the contents on his desk. After washing the mustard off the dinosaur and spraying the whole thing with breath freshener to kill the smell of onions, he carefully smoothed out the wadded ball of brown paper, put the treasures inside, and carried it home gingerly like an injured kitten. The bag didn't look so good, but all the stuff was there, and that's what counted. After dinner, he asked Molly to tell him about the stuff in the sack. It took a long time to tell. Everything had a story or memory or was attached to dreams and imaginary friends. Fairies had brought some of the things. He'd given her the chocolate kisses, and then she'd kept them for when she needed them. Sometimes I think of all the times in this sweet life, Hogan concludes, when I must have missed the affection I was being given. A friend calls this standing knee-deep in the river and dying of thirst. The little girl smiles, the dinosaurs, the chocolate kisses wrapped, and old paper bags we sometimes throw away too thoughtlessly each day. A tiny treasure. From Hebrews 12.1, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. One of my favorite scriptures. Uh, coming up next hour here on Morning Air, Catholic speaker and journalist Kate Wicker will be with us to talk about how teens are experiencing anxiety. Plus, our spiritual director, Father James Kabiki, will join us to talk about the annual week of prayer for Christian unity that begins today. So stay with us. There is much more to come on this Thursday in hour number two of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app.